Hello, greetings and welcome to another episode of Being Healthy the Shaolin Way. Uh, today we're going to talk about novel treatments for um, treating depression without any depressants. Now, according to uh, an article in the WebMD's articles by Matt McMillan, there may be hope for hard to treat depression as scientists explore novel ways to help people who have the often crippling condition. Recently, a number of studies have suggested the benefits of Botox, ketamine, and certain unexpected, uh, certain unexpected uh, treatments for depression. Let me say this, right? Um, but I'm excited in general, and I'm curious, says Peter Kramer, MD, author of Listening to Prozac and book against depression. Each year, around 16 million adults battle major depression. Many of them benefit from antidepressants, but as many as a third get depressive symptoms despite medication. And side effects, which can include weight gain, nausea, and insomnia, are trouble for some, for some patients. That leaves many people with depression searching for alternatives. But if Kramer is hopeful about the newer novel ways to treat the condition, he's also cautious. The studies backing these treatments aren't conclusive and none of the approaches have been approved by the FDA to, pre to treat depression, though some, such as ketamine, have been approved for other use. Things are merely hopeful until they are demonstrated safe and effective, Kramer says. It's always hard to tell what's going on, but it's a very interesting time, and I think some of them will come through. Here's a closer look at what might be used to treat depression in years to come. Ketamine. Already in use in certain clinics and in some emergency departments around the country, ketamine is an anesthetic most often used during surgery. It's given through an IV and it quickly eases symptoms of depression, often in a matter of hours. The benefit is temporary, though. One recent study found it to be very good at helping curb suicidal thoughts in severely depressed people, but it's expensive, still experimental as a depression treatment and can cause hallucinations and other side effects. Some people are very uncomfortable with the side effects, says Alan Menovitz, MD, a psychiatrist who specializes in treatment resistant depression, depression rather, at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York City. Now, one that might surprise you is nitrous oxide or laughing gas. This is an anesthetic commonly used by dentists. A small study published last December reports that nitrous oxide improved depression symptoms within less than 2.5 hours. Unlike ketamine, though, nitrous oxide had few side effects. The benefits lasted from 24 hours to a full week in some of the 10 people in the study. Much more research needs to be done on the safety and effectiveness of nitrous oxide, but Manovitz says it's promising. For people who are in suicidal despair or crisis, it may, like ketamine, temporarily remove, relieve that person and act as a bridge until other treatments start working, he says. Botox, which we discussed um, last episode, best known for temporarily erasing frown lines and crow's feet, Botox has recently attracted interest as a novel means of lifting major depression. 
The theory is simple. If you can't frown, you won't be sad. And remarkably, some research has borne this out. A single dope Botox injection into the facial frown muscles provided lasting relief from depression symptoms, according to a study published last spring in the Journal of Psychiatric Research. Another study found similar effects following Botox injections into frown lines around the eyebrows. Many questions remain, though. But the Botox is very interesting, and the best evidence it helps is an add-on to antidepressants. But what's going on, asked Kramer? Is it really feedback to the brain that if you can't frown, do you feel more resilient? Or is it that people respond to you differently? Another alternative to antidepressants is anti-inflammatory medications. Inflammation has been linked to depression for several years now, says Brown. A recent review of studies published in Psychiatry further backs up the connection. The researchers found that painkillers such as siloxicobin, ibuprofen, and naproxen reduce depression symptoms. Another class of anti-inflammatory drugs called cytokine inhibitors also showed some benefit. But the authors of the review called their findings proof of concept, meaning that their results are strong enough to encourage further research. Another recent study reports that omega-3 fatty acids, which have anti-inflammatory properties, help treat depression linked to chronic hepatitis C. If you could actually treat depression symptoms along these lines, that would be interesting, Kramer says. Some of the antidepressants are also anti-inflammatories. And some people have thought that maybe it's just coincidence that they work on the brain chemicals, serotonin and norepinephrine, and that the real effect is anti-inflammatory. Now, in areas that um, are an uncertain future, the treatment slips that I told you about aren't the only ones being tested. Nasal sprays that have protein peptides or small molecules have shown some promise, Kramer Amanovitz says. A method called transcranial direct current stimulation, which uses electricity to change brain activity, is also being tested, which has some promise to it. Mindfulness meditation is another promising addition to depression treatment, and exercise is known to help symptoms too. If some of the newer treatments seem far-fetched. Manovitz points out that the same was said just a few years ago about transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS, a non-invasive therapy that uses magnets to affect parts of the brain linked to mood. People looked at me cross-eyed and thought it sounded wacky, he says. Now, it's an FDA-approved treatment for depression, and it's used around the world. Which, if any of these treatments prove effective, is anybody's guess at this point. Researchers have a lot of work ahead of them before any of them make it to patients in the clinic. So many medicines get lost in the pipeline, Kramer says. Either it's hard to engineer them in ways that are not going to harm the kidneys or the liver, or the actual principle under which they are working turns out not to be right. It's hard to give your heart to any one of them because they tend to disappoint. 
Now that's mm-hmm. all for today. Uh, but you can um, let's see, visit us at healthyshaolin.com. Or if you'd like to learn more about the uh, monks of the Shaolin Temple, you can visit us at shaolintempleus.org. Until the next time, peace and blessings to you and namaste.